TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work, and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This is episode 25. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. Each week we bring you topics and information to help you unlock your inner wellness woman. Thanks for spending some time with us today. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we are going to get into fats for today's lesson. It's talking about how health and food and how food is medicine. And as Thomas Jefferson said, if the body be feeble, the mind will not be strong. So it's really important to realize that the food we eat has a direct impact on the quality of our life. And uh, there's so many decades of misinformation surrounding food and the food pyramid. And today we're going to dispel some of those myths. We'll be talking about different kinds of fats, unhealthy fats, good fats, bad fats, cholesterol, basically the entire you know uh, debate sur- surrounding fats now. I'm just going to excuse myself right from the outset. I've been running with Sardis all week and we're doing a house renovation. And uh, so poor Dr. Ashley's having a bit of a, what we like to call a health expression. And uh, we are certainly still absolutely humans. And we are um, on oh, the poor thing coughing in the background. And that's, that's absolutely fine. And this is what happens when we overload ourselves a little bit too much. And then we throw in, say, a house renovation into the mix when you've got so much stuff falling through the ceiling on you. Um, I think she's doing brilliantly. But let me just uh, kick off. The the reason that we really wanted to cover this topic and kind of give you the skinny on fat today is uh, because I kind of got sick of hearing in cafes, um, never hearing someone order a normal coffee. Yeah, it's always a skinny latte. <laughs> yeah, it's always a skinny latte or, you know, a half cap skinny trim, something, something whatever it is, doesn't matter. But it's the culture that everybody is terrified of eating fat, whether that's, uh, you know, eating the fat from the cuts of meat, whether that's, you know, full fat dairy and whether or not we should or shouldn't be eating dairy. That's not for this topic. Um, what we really want to talk about is why over the last, you know, 50 years, fat has become such a dirty word and why we moved into this low fat revolution. And it's really, it's really interesting. And when you look back through history and the way it actually came about, it all kind of comes back to one guy. And his name's Ansel Keys. Uh, he's a physiologist. He originally formulated uh, meals for combat soldiers, um, you know, back, you know, 50 or 60 years ago. Uh, he was also known as the father of the diet heart. So, you know, the idea that eating saturated fat actually raises our cholesterol levels and causes heart disease. So that was his original concept. And in 1953, he presented a study to the U.S. government. And part of his presentation was this graph stating that uh, the six countries with the highest caloric intake from fat also had um, the highest incidence of death from heart disease. So if anyone looked at that, they would see a direct correlation between, okay, these six countries eat the most saturated fat. They have the highest, uh, you know, risk or death from heart disease. Therefore, fat must be the issue. So fat became the evil bad guy. Yeah. yeah. However, with only, you know, six countries plotted on on that graph, it's pretty easy to make that correlation. But he he actually got data from 22 countries. So he left out 16 countries that actually consume much higher levels of saturated fat. 
and have um, a, a lower risk of heart disease or had lower deaths of heart disease as well. And so, so that's why all of us have been taught right from the school days of the you know traditional food pyramid that saturated fat's bad. Yeah, that's why it sat at the very, very top. That's why your butter um, was up there to be consumed only you know, ever so often. This up there was... with oils and eggs and nuts and seeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it all came back to this guy, Ansel Keys. And so everybody jumped on board, said that saturated fat was the enemy, we should move to vegetable fats, we should move to trans fats because, you know, they're a safer option. And then that is pretty much how the food pyramid came about and that's what all um, most of our nutrition teaching has been up until recently when we've actually realized that fat is not the enemy. All right, and ladies, to give you a bit of context as to why this low-fat movement is so detrimental to our health, let's look at what it actually does to the food product itself. So if there is a naturally occurring fat content in, say, you know, for argument's sake, let's say dairy products. So if you've got a naturally full-fat product like a yogurt or milk, um, and most of them, when you remove the fat, it's all processed you know, fairly, fairly similarly, the cream is separated from the whey and then it's added back in, or not added back in in the case of, say, skim milk. Low-fat milks contain about 1% or 2% fat, whereas whole milk is only about 3.5% fat, if that. Um, so cup for cup, whole milk actually contains fewer carbohydrates than low-fat milk or skim milk. Why is that? And that's because when you remove the fat... Um, what, what you're actually doing is you've got to make up that volume with something else. Uh, and what they usually do is it, it boosts up the sugar content because when you remove the fat, you're removing the protein with it. Um, and the, the sugar content in low-fat stuff is usually a lot higher, especially in dairy products because they've got to make up for the taste that they're taking away when they reduce the fat content of something. Um, so I know that a lot of listeners probably think, well, hang on, though, if I eat more fat, I'm going to get fat because we still have this ingrained fear that if we consume fat, it's going to go onto our bum and our hips and our belly, almost as if we can see it as we eat it. We need a different word for the fat that's in food, the good saturated fat. We need a different word for that because that fat does not make us fat. And all the research supports the opposite, which and is fascinating. And this goes back to some of our previous discussions about not all calories being made equal. Yeah, exactly. Because there's this uh, notion that calories, bam for bam, calorie for calorie, fat is worse for us. Yeah. However, we know the science says, in fact, it's otherwise because it's effectively nine calories per gram for fat mm -hmm. and it's four calories per gram for carbohydrate and protein. So gram for gram, if you're meant to have a 1,200 calorie diet for the day, then it almost seems obvious to go and choose the more volume you can get out of the carbs and proteins. However, because the body assimilates and takes information from food, and this is where we say food is medicine, because it's not as simple as just putting food in. It's something that goes in and something that comes out. It actually has a biological function. It triggers certain receptors within the body, turning expression of some genes on, some of them off. I mean, it's actually a, a communication language of itself. So foods that go into the body have a way to engage with the human body and tell us we're full, we're not full. You know, and this is where that old thing that the, you might consume 200 calories of sugars, but your brain still keeps craving sugar. Take in 200 grams of fats, 
um, sorry, calories are fats and your brain turns off that little switch and says, wow, I'm satisfied. And it just makes such a huge difference to dealing with weight management and healthy body design. It's much more satiating. And uh, don't forget that the sugar intake or the carbohydrate intake, if it is in excess to what the body can use in that moment, it gets converted in the liver and stored as fat. So the sugar, you know, eventually is going to be converted into fat anyway, if you you know, if it's too much. Yeah. Um, and they're now showing that it's not the excess consumption of fats that causes fatty liver disease. It's actually been shown that some of the lifestyle factors, including high consumption of sugars and carbohydrates, yeah. is producing fatty liver disease. And that always seems like a misnomer because, hang on, to get fatty liver, wouldn't you have to consume fats? But the reality is not that. It's consuming carbohydrates, but then converted to toxic fats, which then create byproducts of fatty liver disease exactly and that's why the low fat and you know look if we go back to dairy products again um, the sugar content in low fat dairy products can increase up to 14 grams per cup just to make up for the loss of taste uh so you know that alone is is a pretty good summation as to why you shouldn't be um airing to the low fat uh products if anything says low fat you can pretty much assume that it's packed with sugar um and packed with carbohydrates it's been bumped up somehow by yeah. volume yeah and exactly. look, i think it's you know so important to realize that one of the big myths we want to bust today is that your body and your health is not simply a system of calories in calories burnt Mm -hmm. this was an old notion i mean unfortunately not old enough because uh, the world is still suffering obesity epidemic because of this bad research that you just described way back and that's been a persistent framework of thought for such a long time that we've got a global obesity epidemic and now we're only starting to understand that this idea of if you eat 1200 calories you've got to burn 1200 calories to be calorie neutral that is rubbish because it doesn't work that way now in a laboratory when you do have you know it's all a controlled environment and things are burnt off and yes the gram for gram that makes absolute sense but your body is not a laboratory okay your body is this incredible intricate interconnected organism and you know it's simultaneously juggling thousands and thousands of, of tasks at any one time i mean we don't have this closed vacuum environment so it um thankfully science is evolving in a way we understand things better and it's just so you know important to realize that it really does i mean really food does control everything and it influences things like your hormones and your brain chemistry um your gut flora your immune system i mean i know all about immune systems so (laughs) thankfully andrew is towing me along today so guys i do apologize if i'm sounding really strange and i I do every now and then suddenly stop talking and andrew takes over you know it's because i'm trying to catch my throat so i don't bark down the microphone at you guys but um yeah look i just think it's so important we bust that myth so let's get out everyone while you're sitting there right now mentally throw out the door this idea that if i eat this amount of food i've got to burn this amount i eat a hot cross bun at easter and you're going to see lots of graphs coming out very soon there's photo images on instagram already starting to show up about if you have four little easter eggs you're going to have to work out for 45 minutes or whatever it is but that's not how it works no not at all and the laboratory studies don't take into account real life scenarios where your body is stressed 
where um, you know you go into that fight or flight response where your adrenals are highly active um, even sleeping you know those things are not taken into account so it certainly is not an equation where one will equal the other um, all right let's look at some of the downsides to eating low fat so everyone got on this low fat bandwagon however it's not all that it's cracked up to be and there's really very very weak science like I talked about with the Ansel Keys study that actually supports eating that way and it actually encourages people to you know quite simply just to eat crap okay because taking out the fat decreases the satiety of foods because it's there for a reason it's fuel for your body and fuel for your brain as well because your brain is actually uh, made up mostly fat and so it needs those fatty acids a constant stream of good quality essential fatty acids to keep it ticking along really well Um, so when it actually encourages people to eat crap usually they will uh, compensate in their diet with high sugar and a processed carbohydrate content and we know that people are all the research shows that if you air towards a low fat diet you replace you know those calories with something that's um, much more harmful to the body um, originally we were encouraged to increase our consumption of trans fats and uh, processed vegetable based oils in exchange for the saturated fats um, and trans fats I can't believe they were actually even recommended over these things however now we know, and this is conclusive, there's conclusive evidence about this, that trans fats are toxic. They're really harmful to the body. And uh, in 2013, I think it was the US FDA or the Food and Drug Administration announced that it's removing trans fats or um, you know hydrogenated oils from their safe food list. So it's no longer considered safe for the body or to consume or cook with. And they're asking, um, well, they're not asking, they've mandated that all companies cease production of foods with the inclusion of trans fats by 2018 so that's a substantial step forward in the direction of improving you know health and well-being i'll be really interested to see how quickly or how slowly australia takes hold of that information as well and whether we start to introduce that um, I haven't got whispers on that just yet, but you know we do get information coming through all the time. If that happens, I'll let you know, guys, because it's um, just so important. I mean, this war on saturated fat was such a miserable failure. And let's talk about what trans fats are, just so yeah. that everyone can get a bit of a concept for that, because it's a lot more prolific than what you would think. So trans fats are essentially a type of fat that hydrogen is added to the chemical structure. So with the addition of hydrogen, or that's why it's called um, partially hydrogenated, yeah, it helps to... Chemically improve. modified. Yeah, so, so the fat is chemically modified and the reason they do that is because it improves the shelf life yeah it makes Um, the fat more solid so then the product holds yeah and it's also a lot cheaper so it's certainly used in most commercial restaurants as well so diets high in trans fats is associated with increased risk of pretty much everything obesity heart disease diabetes infertility liver dysfunction metabolic syndrome the list goes on and you can pretty much find trans fats in any deep fried baked goods okay so we're talking about your pies sausage rolls your commercial pastries margarine icing or frostings on cupcakes and cakes those sorts of things microwave popcorn um, store-bought cookies and cakes because remember if it's increasing the shelf life it's a, if it's something that's baked that you can buy in a packet from the supermarket it can't go rancid therefore it's really cheap and it's absolutely going to contain trans fats Sad, scary, all of the above. I mean, the bottom line is the trans fats, whilst they resemble saturated fat inconsistency, they are chemically different. Yeah. 
and they do not equate to health in the human body. Not at all. Yeah, and margarine is something that uh, people were aired towards for a really long time. But if you think about it, and there's an analogy that Damien Christoph gives that I really love, if you put margarine out in the sun, what happens to it? Absolutely nothing. If you put butter out in the sun, it's going to melt, it's going to change form. That's what's supposed to happen to something. It's supposed to, It's not supposed to maintain that strange, weird colour and chemical structure when it's heated. So that's it. That's absolutely a challenge right there. So let's talk about that idea. You know, processed margarine um, was touted for such a long time with all these olive oil margarines and heart tick, heart foundation ticks um, all over the margarine boxes packets and containers but the old butter sat on the side there looking very boring and bland it's you know it's cube form um and yet really because of that war on saturated fat butter became the unhealthy food you know or that's terrible it really is so if you are listening and you still do use margarine do yourself a favor go home throw it out you don't need it your body does not register as healthy fat it's not going to utilize it as healthy fat if you're struggling with your weight if you're struggling with metabolism if you're struggling with your hormones start to ditch some of these things that are adversely affecting you and start with something straightforward like margarine in the fridge yeah get rid of it and go back to good clean organic yeah, butter. Fed butter. Yeah, and fabulous. you can get this now in Coles and Woolworths. The funny thing is, you're not going to find it easily. It's usually, and just to give you a reference, it's usually out of sight. And when I say out of sight, it means usually out of sight line. Products that are bad for you are generally right in front of your face because they've been marketed so well. So where I find my organic butter is actually in my local shop, top, 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 top shelf, mm-hmm. the highest one in the fridge, and top left. So it's actually out of my general like line of sight. And I find that really interesting. I actually had to go and find it. So there you go. Just start with something really simple like that. I mean, the other benefits you get from having a, a whole fat quality butter tastes so much better than margarine. I'm sure everyone can agree with me on this. If you yeah, really go absolutely. back to old school butter, it just tastes better too. Uh, and people are even putting in coffee now. So if you've yeah. ever seen Bulletproof Coffee, they're putting uh, some butter in with their, their black espresso coffee or even coconut oil as well. Or MCT oil, which is yeah. something they produce, the medium um, chain triglycerides, which yeah. are good for brain health, good for body health. Good for your metabolism as good well. Good for skin, beauty, yeah. beauty impact as well. That's really, yeah, That's I mean, that's really exciting too. So, um, I love that you mentioned hormones. Okay, obviously that's my absolute obsession. But uh, not m- most people don't realise that your hormones are actually made from fat. Okay, so, you need to explain this for us because a lot of people don't get this idea that you know we're cutting out fats in our diet. Mm-hmm. We're taking statins to eliminate cholesterol, and not only is it cutting out some of those really acrylic elements, it's absolutely mucking around with our endocrine system. Explain it for us quickly. And this is uh, the advice that I give to all of my patients as to when they're starting to change their lifestyle and starting to change their nutritional profile, especially if they've got any underlying hormonal conditions, is adding in really good quality fats and removing any low-fat products or trans fats. Um, Cholesterol is a building block for every single hormone in the entire body and all sex hormones yeah absolutely every single hormone and it also is the building block for every single cell membrane in the body cholesterol is not the bad guy we're going to do an entire podcast purely on cholesterol the good the bad and ugly um, and why it sort of got uh, got that rep but just remember that the fat is the building block for every single pathway within the body especially your hormones 
hormones. Um, there was research that showed that low-fat diets can actually lower men's testosterone and other key hormones um, at such a rapid rate. So even 12% in just eight weeks on a low-fat diet. Now, guys' uh, hormones, especially with our current lifestyle when we're sort of bathed in this estrogen bath, already struggling with their testosterone production. You add a low-fat diet on top of that and it keeps dropping. No wonder our guys are no longer you know, the, the, the men that uh, we, we remembered them as or um, as those, those archetypal guys of being, you know, the strong, virile, <laughs> testosterone-laden sort of men because of uh, how our current lifestyle well, And that's, them. you know, unfortunately why a lot of men as well are recognising they're having the same classic female um, body type issues such as the muffin top, the love handles, mm-hmm. the, you know, man boobs are referenced. I mean, same for precocious puberty and and adolescence young girls starting to show feminine and um, much more adolescent body types while they're still so young Um, same for young men young boys children as young as nine and ten years old starting to show love handles and her booby chests and things and this is a direct reflection of the food and the impact that that's making on the molecular and biological function of your of the body i mean it's it's really concerning and this is why we do these episodes because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So our goal is to hopefully give you a bit of information that triggers something in your head that goes, wow, that's a bit curious. I haven't heard that before. Or yeah, I've heard it before, but maybe you've never done something about it. So if you're sitting here listening, going, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. My question is, are you doing something with this information? Have you thrown out the margarine? Have you included good fats into your lifestyle? You know, are you concerned about where your meat come from so you're getting good sources of mm-hmm. animal fats as opposed to the toxic fats that come out of rancid animals that have been grain-fed, raised in stressful lifestyles in, in barns and feedlots? Um, because we know sick animals make sick food for us as well. Yeah, and uh, one thing that's really interesting, it, this doesn't have to be a really high consumption of these things. Uh, there was a study at the Harvard School of Public Health that found that women who ate two or more servings, so that's not a lot, of low-fat, uh, and again, it's dairy, uh, low-fat dairy foods per day, so particularly skim milk and yogurt, increased their risk of infertility by more than 85% compared to women who didn't. Wow, so when fertility is an issue and a, and a concern for you, it's yeah. something as simple as the innocence of a low-fat dairy product that could and, be starting to muck around. And that's hormones. only two serves. That might be um, a serve of yogurt and a skinny latte. Incredible. Yeah. So if those sorts of studies are showing this, then my question is, why the heck isn't it on the front page of newspapers? <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, we know the answer to that, and media and money are all hand-in-hand, hand, so uh, profitability is not relevant when it comes to human health and well-being. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the uh, the markets in regards to health foods the way we do. I mean, I just think it's laughable that supermarkets should even have a health food aisle. Exactly, because what the hell is everything else in there? <laughs> yeah, food is meant to be healthy, and therefore, why is there even a title on a supermarket aisle that says health food? So that just should say everything about the nature of uh, marketing commercialism and, and, I guess, profits around the food industries. So, but it's not all doom and gloom. Things are changing, and we have the choice to, again, be that conscious uh, consumer and to vote with our money. Yeah, so you, you and me and our listeners, you guys are responsible for the directives made by these companies to adapt to a changing consumer need and demand. So if you don't demand this, guess what? It won't change. 
So be an advocate for good food. Go out there and find your farmer's markets. And, you know, at the end of the day, the dollar will follow where people want to shop. So um, you do vote with your, your money and you vote with your, I guess, repeat business to places where you agree with the production of that food. Exactly. All right. I think we uh, digress a little bit there. but um, We're still talking about fats yeah. because we're talking about where fat comes into the lifestyle and how do we get so misled into this idea that fat was bad for us and ugly and terrible because, I mean, still you see things that say a low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet is good for you and it shouldn't be printed anywhere anymore. It's just proven scientifically, unanimously, that it doesn't work for human health and longevity as well. Not just about your health, but how long you're going to live for is influenced by this food. Um, I mean, it comes down to... Have you heard of the ketogenic diet, for example? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so ketogenic diet is high-fat, promoting a high-fat diet. Now, interestingly, the ketogenic diet was designed... In, I mean, this we go back to 1920s, so they weren't totally ignorant to all of this. I don't know how we missed the marks for so long, but we did. And it was actually designed as a therapeutic diet for the treatment of pediatric epilepsy. Interesting. Because they realized the positive effects of the fats and metabolism of fats, um, the ketones and ketosis that creates a, a beneficial effect on the brain of an epileptic child. So we're using this to help treat epileptic children back in the 20s. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Um, and, and this just goes on to show how important good quality fats are for our diet. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that we need them for our hormones, we need them for our brain. Um, you have fat-soluble vitamins, um, you know, especially A, D, E, and K. Fat-soluble meaning they need good fats to be able to break down in them. Um, you know, eating good fats actually improves our metabolic output. So we've been conditioned to think that fat makes us fat, whereas the reverse is actually true. It helps to decrease inflammation, it regulates our blood sugar levels, um, and improves our metabolism. You know, what more could you possibly want? Um, it also is, you know, fat and, and cholesterol is essential for all of life. So it's essential for our vitamin D production. Like I said, vitamin D is a fat-soluble uh, vitamin. It helps with our bile acids in our uh, gallbladder, creates the cell membranes, um, and maintains the function of our nervous system. So the pathway within the body that controls everything, each of the little nerves are actually surrounded by what we call a myelin sheath that is made up of fat. So to have good conductivity of those messages from the brain to all parts of our body, we need fats. And this is why as practitioners, and a lot of people think, oh, I go off to my, my natural practitioner and they always recommend I take fish oil or krill oil or coconut oil. Like You'll find that most practitioners that are concerned about the well-being of the central nervous system are going to recommend the introduction of high fats uh, safe fats of course medium chain triglycerides so the MCTs, the essential fatty acids uh, because we know that if you're deficient in any way you're getting breaks in those myelin sheaths and that is going to create uh, abnormal conductivity in the nervous system so it's incredibly, incredibly important we can't emphasise that absolutely enough so if you have been recommended to take essential fatty acids, EFAs um, and DHAs and you're not taking them, they're in the fridge or they're in the cupboard somewhere and you've been forgetting them, <laughs> go and take them. Because I repeatedly, daily remind people, have you taken them? When was the last time you took them? Because it is just that important. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just on that note, if you are taking them and you're getting a bit of reflux, so especially if you're on fish oils, you're getting you're uh, burping after you take them, it means they've gone rancid. Uh, so make mm. sure you're getting a really good quality um, supplement um, and you keep it in the fridge as well. Yeah, and if you're still taking fish oils, and there's a couple of concerns regarding fish oils, as we previously discussed, but just for the purpose of you know our conversation today about fats, if you are taking fish oils and they taste really fishy, they're off. Yeah, yeah. Fish oils shouldn't taste really fishy. They should have a light fish flavor, more of a salty ocean kind of effect to them. Um, just like if you were eating fresh fish from the markets, if you pick up a fish and it smells really strongly fishy, they don't recommend that's the one you buy. You buy the one that smells slightly fishy and lightly sea salty smell, ocean smell. So uh, yeah, do make sure that you, you toss those away if they are there as well. Um, going from fish, another high value, good fatty, good source of fats because fishes have great sources of essential fats that we need for, for good health. I know on the other spectrum there, you love eggs. Oh, I cannot speak more highly of eggs and I would definitely recommend that people have eggs for breakfast every single day. Um, my granddad used to have two boiled eggs for breakfast no matter what. If he was out of eggs, he would drive around at five o'clock in the morning until he found a place open um, that where he could buy his eggs and he lived till 92. And uh, so, you know, I think that that's pretty cool. Too bad he didn't have a chicken, chicken <laughs> uh, coop in his backyard. That would have been awesome. I don't think he could have fit that in, uh, in their house in Sydney, but um, eggs are such a perfect little bundle of nutrients. Um, and look, this is a really easy way that you can actually get fats into your day, into every meal. Um, you know, eggs are really well balanced, especially if you have the yolks a little bit runny, you're getting, um, you know, all the really good quality enzymes and cholesterol from that too that your body can actually use. Um, you can take hard-boiled eggs, have them as snacks, um, perfect way to make sure you're getting good quality protein and fats as well, and you're keeping your blood sugar levels stable. Yeah. So if you press for time, um, do a quick scramble, something like that. It takes literally two minutes. And again, we want to emphasize this thing that um, fats don't make you fat. Exactly. And the, uh, the old, poor old eggs were demonized for a while there. They were responsible for increasing cholesterol. And if you took them, you'd get heart disease and a variety of other diseases that they like to sprout. And I mean, those nutrition professionals did a remarkably good job of, of scaring us all off eggs, along with the uh, gorgeous avocado as well in the same bundle that was all just cast into the same thing i mean i always say just think about it the nutrients in a single egg okay are enough to turn a single fertilized cell into an entire baby chicken yeah that's pretty cool. so when you look at it like that isn't that truly remarkable yeah. the quality of nutrients in a single egg can turn a fertilized cell into an entire chicken and that just should say enough about what sort of essential nutrients are within eggs themselves if they can reproduce you know life so yeah if you haven't thought about it that way before and you still think eggs are bad and they're bad for your health just consider that idea that um yeah they they bring life and they're the source of life so, you know, that's a really nice, easy brekkie for you. If you don't want to do eggs, you could have, say, a smoothie or something like that. Add some really good quality cold-pressed olive oil to it. Um, you know, a good tablespoon of coconut oil. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, avocado is fantastic as well. Um, for lunch, you could do something that's, you know, along the same lines. Uh, you could put, you know, boiled egg, uh, cut it up, chop it in your salad, um, have a quarter of an avocado with uh, some cold-pressed olive oil as a dressing as well and then for dinner variation of the same and you know you could oily fish yeah. um, it's really really easy to get fat in with every meal and you need it 
with every single meal. Yeah, and look at the eggs themselves as well. If you're still separating eggs, cooking the whites and throwing out the yolks, uh, stop doing that, please, because the yolk itself is actually where all the incredible nutrients are, and the egg white is just purely protein. Yeah. So take the whole egg, use the whole egg, enjoy it, and uh, you know scramble it and flavor it if you don't like the, the flavor of the yellow part of the egg, which sometimes, oh, I don't really like the yolky bit. Don't worry, just mix it in. You know, seasoning, some herbs, some spices. It's a, you just hide it if you need to, but uh, just remember it's a good quality source of good fats for you. Yeah, exactly. And we've been eating this way for eons. You know, our ancestors ate the cuts of meat with fat in them. They ate, uh, you know, if they had access to it, they ate dairy products. Um, you know, they didn't separate the whey from the, from the rest of it. They didn't alter it and take the fat out of it. They ate eggs. They ate nuts and seeds and avocados and coconuts and coconut oil. Um, and it kept them healthy for right up until about the last 50 years when we've had a real problem with it. Um, but let's jump into you know, the ways that you can start to increase the good fats in your diet. So choose whole products. So if it says low fat, steer clear of it. And this comes especially to dairy products as well. So if you're choosing your skinny latte, then instead choose whole milk. Uh, instead of low fat, say Greek yogurt, choose whole milk. Um, and you will absolutely notice the taste difference as well. Get rid of your margarine uh, and choose butter instead. Um, and again, low fat cheeses, go with the real stuff if you're that way inclined and you'll absolutely absolutely notice the taste difference um, we're totally giving you the green light to go nuts <laughs> no <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. So, yes. no no pun intended there you, at you all need um, some nuts there, definitely. <laughs> um and absolutely eggs for breakfast yeah and just remember if you don't know why you're eating the fat because it's still that little voice in your brain saying fats are fat fats are gonna make me fat fats are needed for hormone production the building of healthy cells improve skin quality energy and they help us absorb all the fat-soluble vitamins such as A, D, E, and K. So please stop avoiding fats. We really need you to start increasing your fats because you just need to be aware that we've been misformed for such a long time. A lot of us are struggling with our weight, weight management, um, our well-being, our health, our hormones. And for me, some of the greatest successes in practice have come by switching this little dietary advice around with people and say, get off your low fats, get into your real fats, Increase your daily intake of omega-3s through flaxseed oil and, and wild salmon. Get your monounsaturated fats through things like avocado and olive oil. And just ditch those omega-6 high fatty acids that come through from things like sunflower oil, safflower, corn oil. And absolutely, under all circumstances, completely eliminate trans fats. And that's what comes in the margarine and the pie crust and the packaged biscuits and things like that. It's just... That switch right there could be the day and night in your health and well-being. It could be the difference between feeling sluggish and, and, and sloppy and lacking in energy in the mornings, having you know sore joints, aching body, even just aching joints can be because of the inflammation from a lack of quality fats in your diet. And that's just remarkable. So yeah, we really definitely would love for you today to walk away and say, cool, one switch in my health this week is going to be 
more conscious awareness about where my quality fats are coming from. And look, we've just given you some really good, easy steps that you can start improving your health right now just with making these switches. Um, and we would love to hear from you. We would love to know um, what things you've changed in your diet. Um, and we'd love to hear your opinion on uh, you know, how much better full fat things taste as well. Uh, so ladies, thank you so much for joining in uh, to this week's episode of Wellness Moon Radio. Please give us your feedback and we would love your ratings as well. Uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you think we deserve it. You can contact us on Facebook, so facebook.com forward slash thewellnesswomen or on our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au. Yeah. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Uh, and we're going to go let uh, Ash rest her poor voice now. <laughs> and we definitely want uh, you to get thin by eating fat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, until then, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.